Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. It's Jackie Cation. Yes, April. Beautiful April. Here it is. And let's do the what you know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, FamilyPetAncestry.com. Let's keep going. AllThingsComedy.com slash JackieCation, lowercase. Yeah, what the heck. So the credits, Mike Rickberg composed and sang the intro to The Dork Forest with his girlfriend, Sarah Cohen. He will sing his lyrics to the Mexican hat dance at the end of this program. I appreciate his good works. Patrick Brady fixes the audio. Does a great job. Does a great job. Email me if there's any, uh, you ever have any problems. Just email me in general. Jackie at JackieCation.com. And then Vilmosh fixes JackieCation.com. My website. My stand-up website. And has really everything on it. It has the Dork Forest donation button as does DorkForest.com. But it has the merch page. It has the Amazon banner where you can order from Amazon through my website and I get a kickback. It has the, uh, a bunch of clips of me doing stand-up comedy if you have no idea. What kind of stand-up comedy I do? There's a couple of clips. Turns out I bet on Conan just last month. Well, two months ago now. Anyway, how sad. But uh, then uh, it is April 7th. So this week in stand-up comedy, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm doing a pizza place on Friday with Jeff Wattenhofer. I'm doing the Comedy Store on the 11th, Saturday. And I'm doing Uncab downtown, uh, San Francisco, uh, downtown Los Angeles uh, with... Beth Lapidus. She's been on the program. She uh, is a big yoga dork, but didn't want to talk about it. Other than that, you can buy merch. You can get t-shirts, Dork Forest t-shirts and Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirts. And then all of my CDs and DVDs. This will make an excellent horcrux. It's never going to be bread and circus people. I keep making the, the titles longer as we go along. The next one will call the, I don't know what it'll be called. You can, there's a Facebook Ranger page you can join if you want to discuss things with other Rangers. You can review things on iTunes and you can live your lives. But let's get into the show, shall we? Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. I have Joe Zimmerman in my living room. Welcome to the program, Joe Zimmerman. Good to be here. There you go. Thank you for having me. Sure. At Joe Zimmerman, uh, your stand-up comedy Twitter uh, account. And then you have a podcast called Universe City Podcast. That's right. It's about, what is that? It's uh, comedy meets science. It's me and a couple other scientists, comedians. We talk about a different study in science each week, and we do our best to make it funny. That is prevalent that i mean doesn't andy wood have something like that and then shane moss has something like that i keep getting recommended to andy wood and shane moss and they're in you guys my should queue. do a, 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 no you should just do a cross no you shouldn't listen to them you should totally just do a cross pollination where you should be on each other's podcasts yeah we should do that i'm a yeah i would be afraid to listen because i might start just accidentally doing what they're doing well the, yeah that's it that's what i always <laughs> that that's my excuse for never uh listening to any talk radio at all or any podcast that and i'm i'm really busy and i I think I'm going to see Andy's live show out in Bridgetown Festival. I saw that was listed on oh, the Bridgetown. Oh, are you going to Bridgetown? We're going to Bridgetown. I am going to Bridgetown as well. Oh, that's right. That's we will sweet. be there together. I'm going to do a live Dork Forest. Are you going to do a live Universe City? I'm not quite there yet. I'm not not, not the, quite there? The, I tried to get Kurt Busiak to be on my live Dork Forest in Portland, Oregon. Kurt Busiak, why am I talking about me? Anyway, but I will finish I this story, which is <laughs> Kurt Busiak. He writes uh, a, an amazing comic book uh, called Astro City. 
and he lives in Portland. Oh, cool. And so I emailed him and I was like, Hey, would you be my guest? And he very politely emailed me back relatively quickly, like within two or three days to say, no, <laughs> I don't, I don't like being on podcasts. So I, I only went backed into a corner and I said, well, fair enough, brother. Wow. And, uh, so there's no re, I mean, this should not be a painful experience. This should be a positive experience to be on a, on a, on a podcast. Oh, yeah. So you, Joe Zimmerman, always working on yourself. That's right. That's my, uh, that's my dorkdom. That's your dorkdom. Self-help. I didn't, I didn't realize it till you asked me about things that I'm like obsessed with and yeah. I thought about it. And I'm just, I just, it's just one self-help book after another, just after another. Just one after another. Just do you constant. read any fiction? Do you read any biographies? Do you read, uh, anything else? Or do you just, or just websites <laughs> and self-help books? I just read, uh, I just took a tangent and read, um, PJ Novak's book of short stories. Okay. For fun. And that was a really fun read. And that got me motivated to try to write some funny short stories oh, that's myself. Awesome. But, uh, I like, I like normally reading, um, Anywhere across the gamut, gambit fiction. Okay, so you do read uh, fiction, yeah. But but then, but the the thing that you're obsessed with is what is is the self. Well, see, there you go. I always have this great list of fiction I want to read, mm-hmm. and then I'll like accidentally just read another self help book. Like I don't want to be doing the self. Right, I, I am with you entirely. <laughs> I don't want to be doing it. But I, I don't do either. It. When when I get in a jag of romance novels, and I'm not even kidding, romance <laughs> fucking novels. Oh wow. Uh, I. I have I have a stack of books that I want to read, but I'm like, oh, what's that asshole written more? She's written another where people touch people. All right, I'm gonna go read that instead. <laughs> I mean, it's like weird softcore porn, okay. and it's just dumb. But I wouldn't have pegged you as a as a romance no, 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 novel. No, no, no. I I have a joke about it in my act, but uh, because no one would. I mean, the thing is, is we're hiding. No one ever admits it. That's, it's like it's like porn before Bill Hicks talked about it. That's great. Because uh, nobody nobody would admit that they watched porn, and now too many people admitting that they watch porn, and now perhaps I have released something where too many people will tell people that they're reading romance novels. I if I could read any book, if it didn't matter what anybody thought of me, yeah, I think I would just read self help and fantasy novels. Okay. Like, cause I've, I read so many fantasy novels as a kid and then. Like dragons I, and, and yeah, sword and sorcery as, stuff? As you grow up, people start to judge you for it and they're like, you should be reading this is the biographies. Yeah. You the, should be reading. And then I was reading, um, The Artist Way. Yep. One of my self-help books. Right. Which by the way, everyone has read yes. and absolutely, and especially in Los Angeles and or in New York okay. is if anyone gives you any shit about that, they, I mean, Greg Barrett tried to do a joke about it one time and the audio, the whole room just shut down like, <laughs> like he had talked about anal sex, uh, in 1980. And he just looked at me and said, do not. Greg Barrett, hilariously, he lost it on him. He was like, everyone has done the, right, right. You have not read the artist way. Cause I have read the, I have three copies of it. I've <laughs> yeah. never finished it. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, it's hard to finish because it, it gets you so motivated uh-huh. that you just, Keep going off and doing your artist dates. Right. And you, you keep your going off writing your morning pages. <laughs> you got your morning pages. But so, in, in there, it was all about do, like refining the inner child. And yeah. It's like, what's one of the, what's something you did as a kid that you stopped doing because you're a grown up and you right. don't think, and one of those things I realized for me was, was fantasy novels. Oh, interesting. Because I just feel like I'm not supposed to do that as an adult. Wow. Then you are, you are in the, 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 the most encouraging space in the world okay, to tell you that great. you should be reading. Try it, but try to reread the Dragonlance series and okay. you're screwed. Yeah. Uh, what did you, what were the stuff you liked when you were a kid? Is I it? was so big into Terry Brooks and Sword of Shannara. Oh, okay. And I was into Tolkien, obviously, and the, right. and the Lord of the Rings. Right. But 
Something about Terry Brooks. Terry Brooks, Shannara. is that the legend of the seeker? Yes. Okay. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, well, let me tell went. you something. I read the first three and they were, uh, I loved the first one, but there was a lot of bondage for me and a lot of, uh, bossy oh. Magoo sex stuff. And it was, okay. remember the, uh, I think I was pre-seeker. Okay. Yeah. I Maybe, was- oh, you know what? Maybe not the huge series that became the TV show. You read earlier Terry Brooks. That's right. I was, I was old Ground school. Ground floor of Ground Terry. Floor. You were like Husker Du, a fan of like the great <laughs> punk bands before anyone knew. Yeah. Ground floor of Terry Brooks. I, I was been doing before he sold out. Yeah, that's it. Which he was desperately trying to, <laughs> as we all are. <laughs> how oh, can yeah. I, quick, quick, how can I sell out? So, um, yeah, so let's do the pl- at Joe Zimmerman on Twitter, but it's ZimmermanComedy.com. And then Universe City is your podcast. That's right. Smiling at Wolves is your current and new CD. That's right. And you're going to be on Conan on Thursday because today is Tuesday, April 7th, when yep. this will go up. And uh, you're going to be on Conan on April 9th. So uh, you're a great comic and I enjoy your work. Oh, so thank you. let us say that out loud. And, uh, but let's talk more about the artist way, which is a great gateway. If you want to get into self-help books, oh, yeah. it's a perfect because it's a workbook and it's an encouraging book and it's got all these weird things on the side mm. telling you, you know, what, what Emily Dickinson said one time or. That's right. Right. Remember all those quotes? <laughs> They're so great. Yeah. It's, um, but it's 12 weeks, the yeah. artist's way. Yeah. And do you, when did you first read it? I first read it maybe six years ago and I just read chapter one and then got lost on morning pages, which is, I'm sure everybody knows this. They, well, they may not because they, they live everywhere. <laughs> it's basically the whole, the whole, the biggest point of the whole book is to write morning pages every morning. Don't miss a morning. Three pages. Don't try to be productive. Don't right. try to write creatively. Just write what's on your brain. Right. It's just a way to sort of piss and moan for three pages and blurt yeah. out everything that you don't, that you don't, that you shouldn't say to your loved ones. That's right. That you, nobody needs, cause it isn't even conversation. Like yeah. if you just start lamenting that you're too short or, you know, you're whatever, whatever your problem is. I'm too fat. My hair is receding. Whatever your freaking problem is, put it on the pages and that bleeds it off. It's and a it, lot of whining. It's a lot of whining, beca- <laughs> but then it opens up the rest of your day. Yeah. That's the premise, right? Mm-hmm. It totally opens up your day. It's like a little therapy sesh to start the day. Sort of, so it almost feels like emptying your brain of garbage. Yeah. And then, and then also, it's frustrating because you often keep just writing the same complaints day right. after day after day, <laughs> and you just want to stop doing it. Yeah. But the whole point of the the whole lesson is, if you keep doing that, you're going to finally take care of that thing that's bothering you because oh. you're you're in like you're in like day I don't know that I ever got that far. That's, <laughs> <You're> in, <laughs> that's awesome. You're in like day 30 of whining about oh, this thing and you're like, "All right, I'm going to go do it. <laughs> I've had enough. I'm going to go work out or I'm going to go do a thing or I'm yeah. going to apologize to that guy or I'm not going to be mad." Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example of something I might have. Like t- for me it's taxes. I'll just be like, "I can't taxes. I, I can't face that. it. I can't face I'm it." Get an extension, and then finally, I'll just be like, "I'm doing them," <laughs> and just dive in and do them because you've bitched about it for days on end. Yeah. That's the artist way. So, so it's but there's always like four or five tasks at the end of it, right? Of every chapter. Well, so okay. yes, yes, there is. So, but five years ago, I just got stuck morning. But I just looked at it again this year, right? And I got to chapter two, which stresses the importance of the artist date, which I did not get into the last time. Wow. So five years went by and then chapter two. <laughs> yeah. Have you been doing morning pages for five years? Yes. 
Nice work, Joe Zimmerman. I the first thing I did was blow it off and go to chat. Well, what else do they want me to do? Oh, see, I'm bad at the artist date, which is you have to make a date with yourself each week to do something fun. Right, and not a date like my body, myself, our body, ourselves, which right. was a, a a lady book from the '70s, which uh, called masturbation making a date with yourself. Oh, okay. which is uh, always made me laugh when I was reading the artist's way, and I was like, oh, make a date with myself. Attainable goal. Yeah. And so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's if different. That, that doesn't yeah, count. I don't think it would they, count. No, no. They want you, they want you to take yourself to a playground and swing on a swing set or do something that you like to do when you were a kid that you're not, and don't bring anybody, right? You can't bring anybody. Wait. You just turned your mic off. There you go. You can't uh, bring anybody. Can't bring anybody. You, um, how did you know that I did that? Because I have I have headphones. On. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> glad I have headphones on, right? And uh, sure, this isn't uh, my first. Stand, uh, the Dork Forest been around for nine years. We've been doing it. So you can't bring anybody on your right. artist date. Yeah, yeah. Um And you, and here's the thing: you should do something fun. Like the first time I went, I went to a museum. And it was and it was kind of like a learning experience. Yeah, I was like, I got to go learn. Oh, but, right. But the whole point was like, no, you, you, you go do something fun. You don't have, right. to, you don't have to go to a museum. Right. What do you, like, go stare at the ocean for a minute. Yes. Yeah, go so, to Coney Island and, and walk on the, on the boardwalk. Cause you're a New York comic, right? Yeah. So I had a successful artist day in my first successful one. I was in Colorado and I went hiking mm-hmm. in the Montezuma National Park mm-hmm. and just had a blast hiking by, by myself. Yourself. And then I had another successful one. I just walked to a, a local bookstore, mom and pop, and just mm-hmm. stared at books for an hour. Nice. And uh, so those are the success. When you think of something you kind of want to do, mm-hmm. a little me time that's getting out, but it doesn't have to be all stuffy learning. I wonder. I wonder if that because I, um, yeah, I'm really good at the artist date. I wonder if I got that from <laughs> some people are good at the 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 having fun part. <laughs> right. I'm just like, you know what I'm going to do? Take myself out for coffee. <laughs> I'm going to have a really good time sitting in a coffee shop. Uh, not working. So you're good at having fun. Yeah, I'm, well, I am pretty good at having fun. Well, I'm pretty great. good at having a good time by myself. <laughs> but uh, so, have you done the third chapter yet? Um, I'm. I think I'm around chapter four, and it's more. It's a, actually more. It continues to emphasize morning pages and artist dates. So right. Far, so well, far. those are the two big things through the whole. Th- I mean, okay. the weird thing is, is you picked a self help book that I have actually read That's and great. done. I've. I have never done uh, chapter twelve. I don't know why, because I don't want to be better. And the weirdest sure. thing is that the whole thing about the artist date, uh, the artist way is that they, it's supposed to stop being writer's block. Yeah. And I've never had writer's block. Okay. But it's also a really good, well, let's knock on wood, but, uh, but it's also a really good way to sort of preventative medicine on writer's block. I found it, yeah. you know, because it, it, like there was one of the exercises, I remember this is like, think about your, your age from zero to five mm-hmm. and write a memory. Uh, go six to ten, write a memory, and then do that all through your life. Every five years of your life, write a memory from that, a positive one, a negative one, something like that. And so what I did with Bamford, Maria and I um, did this thing where we were like, okay, uh, we need a writing exercise. And I said, well, write a joke about when before you were the age of five. Write a joke between the ages of six oh, and ten. That's and great. It was uh, – it wasn't – I mean, I think we get one or two things, <laughs> but it wasn't, but that'll do in a, sure. in, in a writing exercise. Yeah. I've had a, when I, yeah, whenever I'm writer's blocked, I'll think about childhood mm-hmm. and I don't talk a lot about childhood on stage, but it'll definitely get you out of that block. Yeah. It triggers 
like fun, weird memories of, of, of something. Yeah. That made me think of a bit I used to do about, um, how I wasn't baptized okay. as a kid. And I met a, I, I went a girl who freaked out about it, who <laughs> told me if I wasn't baptized, I, um, wouldn't necessarily go to hell, but I could still go to heaven, but that I wouldn't get to see God's eyes. And then I remember just for a couple of years, because Google wasn't around back then, just wow. for a couple of years, like trying to picture God's eyes and being super, God's an- eyes. and being super annoyed that my parents hadn't baptized me. <laughs> like, ah, why couldn't you just dip me? Right. That's it. Just a splash and you're done. See those Here's sweet eyes. Those sweet, sweet God eyes. Where the hell did she, what religion was she raised in? I, don't I mean, know. maybe it was Armenian because it was all in Armenian, and I don't know what we believe. But. I since Googled it, and you can't—I can't find anything about that being a thing. So it that must have been, been like a, her mom telling a her. little girl mom thing. Yeah, I don't know. that must have been her parents. Like, oh, thunder means that the angels are bowling. <laughs> You're like, oh, do you think that's theology? Yes, it is. <laughs> also, baptized rhymes with God's eyes. Right, there was some poem out there. Right, maybe she had to write a poem. But that's that's weird. You should call her. That's the weird thing. Definitely about- get in touch with the weird old girlfriend. I would love to, but yeah, before Google, <laughs> right before Google, you just, I would just, you just learn things as a kid. Yeah. And then you just think that those are a thing. Oh yeah. F- uh, through adulthood. Right. Until somebody tells you that actually is, a, that that's the applicator. <laughs> You're supposed to throw that out. Anyway. So, um, what, yeah. So what I like is that you, that you read books 10 years ago that were not good self-help books. Oh yeah. I had some, um, so I, there are bad self-help books Well, yeah. that don't help. I remember, well, I remember. The one that really affected me in a bad way when I was just out of college, I was like, look, I'm bad with money. I mm-hmm. want to understand how money works. Okay. And so I went to the Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Into the money section. I went to the money section and I saw right there, bestseller, Automatic Millionaire mm-hmm. by David Bach. Okay. And I sat down at the Barnes and Noble, started reading. The whole thing is like, don't buy things you don't need. Okay. Which is why I finished that at the Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I don't own it. Uh, but <laughs> nice. That's why Barnes and Noble is probably going out of business, right? Because uh, they're done. Um, so, but the, the the thing that stuck with me was it was all about the power of compounding interest. Are you familiar? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, but you explain. I mean, explain so, it. So, and and the, I can't explain it, but I know what it is. There was but a big explain big chapter again. on the latte factor, and he says, look. If you go to Starbucks and you get a latte, that's four dollars. Probably five dollars now, but back then four dollars. We'll say four dollars. You don't need hey, you don't need that latte. You could save that four dollars each day. Over the course of a year, it's like, you know, fourteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Over the course of ten years, it's X. Forty years, it's like eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. But then if you invested that four dollars each day mm-hmm. into the average stock market return with a compound interest of nine percent a year. Over wow, that's 40, a hell of a. Over, did you say nine percent? It, oh, it was, it was pre, pre, pre the crash. The average was just something like eight or nine percent a year. Okay. Um, over forty years, that that latte money turns into a million dollars after forty years. So I'm sitting there, twenty two years old. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I need million dollars. I, I don't need a latte. All I need to do is. Were you Stop sitting at the coffee? Bar- was it your Barnes and Noble? Uh, were you sitting at the cafe having a latte? Yeah, I was having a, a mocha. That's my happy drink. Is the mocha nice? Iced mocha, mm-hmm. no whip. Trying to sit, lose weight. Sure. But uh, so for a year, I cut out um, lattes. Not only did I cut out lattes, though, that book made me cut out like any all joy, bl- all joy. Yeah. And, and did you put it in a can? Did you put the money in a can or do anything saving-wise? I it? put it in the stock market. Did you? This is 2007. Good timing. 
Oh my God. <laughs> this, this story, this story doesn't end well. Yeah. 2006, 2007. And, uh, so. I'm putting away all this money and I, in over a year, I'm just working in a coffee shop. I saved like $15,000 and people are like, Oh, that's so smart. But it was the saddest year of my life. <laughs> it was just no joy. Right. Like, right. There's a reason to buy things. Yes. And <laughs> not everything. Let me, Oh, now that is a, that is terrible because you know, my, everyone in my family does some version of money laundering. Okay. Uh, my sister is a, She's a financial advisor for RBC Dan Rauscher. Okay. Uh, check the old episodes because she did some advertising. <laughs> and, uh, but the thing, right. she's socially responsible, uh, but she likes to socially responsible. And she has people who have hundreds of millions of dollars and she t- deals with their money. And over the last, you know, 20 years, she's, she's given me financial advice, mostly because she is my older sister and is the boss of me. So, <laughs> but when that very latte question came up, she said, I tell clients and I will tell you, Get a fucking latte. <laughs> That's great. That's it. Yeah. She's like, you deserve one thing. I'm not saying you should buy matching speedboats for you and your neighbor. I'm saying buy a latte. Exactly. You know, treat yourself to something small that you, that you like every day. And if it costs $1,400 a year, that's fine. If it costs 14 grand a year, you might want to reconsider. But she's like, you need those tiny joy things yeah. to make your life worthwhile. Yeah. And you didn't do anything. You weren't. It was just, it was just my like whole. Like no popcorn, no movies, no, like everything that wasn't necessary you weren't doing? Yeah, I, I, I will never regret anything more than that year of my life. Just <laughs> repressing joy. <laughs> right. Post, literally postponing joy for, so what, 40 years from now? So right. Like, what, right. Why, like everybody, there's all this conventional wisdom to save money for when you retire, but like, that's, but. What oh, about- stand up comics are, and my father actually perfect proof. That you don't have to. Yeah. Okay. Because he is 78 years old. Yeah. He has no money. Uh, he, my he, brother, Russ, gives him money. <laughs> yeah. He's fine. He has money. Yeah. And he can have uh, a cup of coffee. He can go out to lunch. He's uh, he's living a perfectly... He can even go to the track if he wanted to. We, Dad, please don't go to the track. Anyway, so... Yeah, there's all this emphasis on saving, saving, saving. I don't know. And I don't know that that's necessarily this smart thing to do. Well, if parts of it are smart. Parts I mean, of it are smart. You, I mean, there's, there's a, you know, Maria Bamford, uh, did an episode with Janine Garofalo. They're both obsessed with Susie Orman. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and they're huge savers, the two of them. They they're are super savers. Oh, wow. And super like invest and protect your money and do this and do that. And, and it's, and they're really good at it. But they, I was talking to Maria a couple of months ago. She's working on a Susie Orman bit about how Susie Orman is so mean. Like uh, someone, uh, like a couple, She's, uh, he said two tours in Afghanistan. His wife, he's finally home. They want to take their four kids to Disney World. Yeah. They live in Atlanta and they've been saving up and they're going to do this. It's going to cost $5,000, but she saved it up and she's like, well, is your house paid off? Right. And she's like, no, we saved for this money for this. Tell me I can do this. And she's like, you cannot do this. <laughs> and you're like, no, no, you get to fucking. He's in bed in Afghanistan. You've been scrimping and saving for three years so that you could go to take your four kids to Disney World. Yeah, it's like the opposite of that philosophy that life's short and you should enjoy your life. <laughs> yes, it's almost the exact opposite of like, no, don't enjoy your life. You need to, you need to worry Sack about having money. Ashes. Yeah, you need to worry about having money when you're old because that's when you have all your fun. Is when you're old, right? 
<laughs> right. That's when the good times are Can't coming. Can't wait to be old. Can't wait. Can't wait for the hip to go. Um, my hip actually hurts. Okay. In other news, uh, what about this damn thing? This, uh. Oh, how to win friends and influence people. That's the classic one from the 1930s that okay. I just remember. It's, it's just that classic book that people read and it's basically, I read this one a long time ago too and it messes, messed me up again because it teaches you how to make other people like you. Yeah. Oh, how to sort of play them? Not, it's all about being genuine. Yeah. But it's like, here's how to be for other people to like you. Yeah. And, and you know, people are like, oh, that sounds nice. And it's a good read in that respect. But, but again, you can take it too far because it's all about, being a good listener and asking questions and being interested in other people. That's, right. That's the main lesson. And I remember just taking that too far of where I remember being in conversations where I was just asking question after question <laughs> after question, just being interested in the most boring <laughs> insurance the, talk. The follow-up questions. You're like, no, I'm supposed to care. This person is clearly complex, and yet they are not. So Yeah, so I was manufacturing this interest in these people, and they were making, and I was making them feel good. But sure. at, okay. at some point I was like... There was that at least. At some point I was like, I'm bored by this conversation. <laughs> I do. I would like to talk at right. some point. At some point, you should. So then I, I had to learn to interject from wow. time to time. But that is all about that. It's it's all about, and I think also, or, or that I don't know if it was that book or another book, but it's all about making good eye contact. And then I'm just like totally like just thinking Zoom. about just thinking about the eye like zoomed in, and I. Don't know if it's too much or too little, and that's all I'm thinking about. I've had, I've had that. We're like, we're okay. We've 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 connected. Can I glance away and just sort of listen while, like, while looking at your shoulder? Is that okay? Looking, that is weird. Some people are so intense with it that you're like, this isn't a good thing that you're doing. No, I feel like we're playing a Meisner game. Can we not do an acting exercise while I'm trying to just have a regular conversation about, well, what do you think of that? So how did you, like, There, there's there's opposites to these, like Automatic Millionaire and How to Win Friends and Influence People. I mean, that is the key thing for me for self-help books, is that they usually remind you of the thing that you're supposed to be doing. Right? Right. Aren't they usually be like the four agreements? I read the four agreements, which is uh, don't take it personal. I forget what the other three are, but they're like, be, they're like a, be a decent person. Um, don't take everything as personal and just try to be a better person. Right. Yeah. And, and all that, that seems to be, there's, there seems to be two tracks. Am I wrong with, with self-help books is where it's the, how to be a better person and how to take advantage of better people. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's a good point. The, you're talking about the networking type books? Yeah, there's like networking and, 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 and there's, there's, there's sales books and there's all these oh, books that yeah. make you want, because I was, I was never raised, I was raised listening to Zig Ziglar, who was not a bad guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, but he was certainly, he was a guy that he was like, learn how to sell the sizzle, not the steak. Yeah. And it was a lot of, you know, like the hoopla around the sale. Yeah. And to do that, you have to tell stories and to do that, you, you know, you're not selling on, my father consistently says this. You're not selling siding to these people. You're selling a story. <laughs> and I'm like, but people need siding, Dad. And they're like, they don't need siding, Jackie. They need a story. So what's the siding story that he's telling? Oh, there's always some story about, about, well, he sits there and he listens to them for a long time. <laughs> 
It's yeah, whatever. There's he, it's he, too he, big. He's a good listener. He's, he's a good listener. He, he's a good talker. Remembers their name. Oh my gosh, he remembers their name. Yeah. That's a big thing too, right? In the how to win friends. How to win friends. Is, and, and Tony Robbins. They say the nobody the 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 most favorite thing a person can hear is their own name. Right. I I get that, Joe. I get that. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, that was your opportunity to say my name. <laughs> no, I've, I've broke. I've broken away from these. Oh right, I've you, broken out of. Once you learn the rules, you can break them. That's right. That's right. That's what. That's Henny Youngman, and uh, so so you have, and then you like, you like um, workbooks. I do. You like it when it's not just a self help book, but it's also got a got a workbook like the Artist Way kind of does. Yeah, and that's Marie Bamford's favorite favorite thing in all the world is a workbook. Okay, she's yeah. she is like she just got married and uh reading her, like a mar- is she reading like a marriage book? Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> weddings for dummies and then and then everything on top of that. That's and then exactly she's like what I would do, yeah. And Andy uh is gonna marry them. They they eloped uh her and Scott, uh okay. Maria. And yeah. and so but they're gonna have a, a ceremony in front of a pe- hundred people or whatever, and that'll be in the summer, and Andy's gonna marry them because he was just gonna marry them because he's ordained on the internet. Sure. But um she has a workbook that she wanted to go with him through how to do the vows and all these things. And you're like, and Andy said, of course I am available for that. That will be super fun. And, and cause he, you know, he wants it to be, but what, what are the, what are your favorite workbook ones? Um, well, I recently read, um, what's it called? The, what's the anxiety book called? Did I write that on there? Oh, the anxiety book it's is called. I think it's called the anxiety workbook. workbook. The anxiety <laughs> workbook. Oh, really? That that is a book called Anxiety Workbook, and it's supposed to sort of bleed off your anxiety. Or so yeah. First of all, I'll have you know, I was having some a lot of. I found myself having a lot of anxiety, and not only do I look for self help books to show me the way through things, I go to Google to look for opinions on which self help books are the best. So I okay. so I get help on the self help books. <laughs> and the anxiety workbook was the top recommended book on anxiety. Okay. And uh it's just a workbook on um It's got different tasks that like are they writing tasks or are they thinking tasks or Yeah, it starts with like six or seven major different personality types of anxiety. There's O C D there's um agoraphobia type thing um oh whether it whether, whether it's obsessions or phobias or yeah mine okay. i read the description of generalized anxiety disorder <laughs> and i was like oh my goodness it was like reading it was like reading the perfect horoscope you're just like i am a scorpio oh my god <laughs> generalized anxiety disorder i was just so up my alley i i couldn't nice like charlie brown it's just uh recurring anxiety about everything and nothing for uh, extended prolonged periods of time affecting work and relationships and everything yeah i mean it's not it doesn't really it, it, it doesn't really it's just express it's just affecting your day to day energy really okay i i i was tired all the time and didn't realize it was due to anxiety okay so now i feel great and it's just because i've more chill about stuff right right because you work through the the anxiety workbook Discovered what your anxieties were and were able to address them. Yeah, basically, it gives you a guide to dealing with anxiety. And the, honestly, the I only needed two of the things in the workbook. One was less less caffeine. Okay. Caffeine um, with people with ang- is a problem for people with anxiety. It exacerbates the anxiety. Sure. Um, and the other thing was just to exercise more. That also punches anxiety in the face. Okay, so. 
it's, uh, yeah, and those are some things that you can try before you go to meds and electrolysis. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> electric shock syndrome. Electrolysis is when they remove the hair from your face. Uh, <laughs> you know what I like about the Dork Forest? I just say things. Anyway. <laughs> so, so yeah, because I know, they, I know that there's yeah. regular anxiety and I know that there's crippling anxiety where yeah. your synapses are misfiring and you need some sort of drug. So, right. but, so caffeine and, and exercise sound great. Yeah. I mean, they gave you a whole, they gave you a whole six month plan on how to work through it. But basically I cut out caffeine and I started exercising more and I was like, oh, I've, I feel great. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, I am actually, uh, three days into off caffeine okay. because I have been, I've been feeling lethargic. I have not, I have not had any energy mm. and I've not been feeling good about myself. And so, uh, not, not debilitating in any way, but just sort of, horrible just i hate i'm just hating on myself a little too much inside my own head yeah the committee meeting rolling 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 sure so uh my friend deborah gave me a book that i actually brought and uh i i brought you essentially samples of the of the of the self-help books that i have currently read and um because uh, I already got my diagnosis of the, the low dopamine diagnosis. Oh, the low dopamine is that? What is that? If you read, it's in this book, but I don't know what there it you means. go. If you read a book called The Mood Cure, there's different areas of um, of brain, basically different areas of diet that gets your brain. It's all about brain diet. Okay, so maybe maybe the the anxiety thing led to the mood cure. So yeah, so um, but basically, if you drink a lot of coffee, it temporarily boosts your dopamine. Yeah, and you get that. Yeah, yeah, let's let's conquer the world. Let's connect with friends, <laughs> love and life. <laughs> right. Um, but over the long run, drinking caffeine lowers your overall dopamine, kind of like a drug. Okay. Lowers your tolerance. Yeah, yeah. So that do- low dopamine is kind of a sluggish, lethargic, apathetic. Okay. Yeah. Feeling. And yeah, whenever yeah. I start to feel that, I'm like, oh, I've been drinking too much caffeine. Right. I need to. I need to re. So I need sort to of re- reboot. Reboot. Yeah. Wow. So do you currently drink caffeine? I'm on, I see, I'm always dialing. I'm always t- getting right. the dials just right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on a, uh, I'm on I a, love a cup of coffee. I know. I love it so much. I am on a half of a cup of coffee and I find that to be my sweet spot. Oh, that's nice. A half that's a cup a, of coffee. That sounds actually horrible. It <laughs> <I know. laughs> sounds so fiddly. But it's better than zero. It is better than zero. And you get a shot of it essentially, you right? You can also do half calf. Oh, right, right. And, and decaf is okay? Uh, I According would, to oh, the yeah. mood cure? I mean, about diet and the supplements? mood cure will mention there may be some, uh, some pesticides and stuff, but it's, decaf is way better than caffeine. Okay. Yeah. And you know, there's a Swedish uh, water processed decaf. Did you hear about oh, that? Have you heard about that? I'm, I haven't. It's, it's from Sweden. Uh, that's why they call it the Swedish water process. Oh, and sounds I great. They, they don't chemically decaffeinate the beans. They do it through some sort of water process. Oh. I know it. I don't know how they do it, uh, but I love the idea. I love the idea that it isn't being done by putting strychnine or whatever, whatever drug it is. So the, the book that, uh, Deborah Schuster gave me, 10 day detox diet, activate your body's natural ability to burn fat and lose weight fast. I wasn't that, I mean, I would like to, who doesn't want to lose 60 pounds, but this guy has an unfortunate name. Yeah. I'm already skeptical by his face on the cover. So you do judge a self-help book by its cover. Oh, I judge a book by its cover. This looks, this looks a little too, um, 
like Dr. right Oz. off right off of Oprah, Doctor Phil. For yeah, me. it's he does he does have that shiny Doctor Oz. I'm not really a doctor. Look about him, Mark Hyman, M.D. And his name is Hyman, which is unfortunate. Uh, just in the world of names and the color, the colors. You know, it's not my. It's not for it's, me. I think it's set for girls because it's okay. all it's all like a blue green and a green blue and then a and a white. But then yeah. if I get past all that, I'm like. Okay. Well, what is the 10-day detox diet? Well, let me tell you about the 10-day <laughs> detox diet. I uh, am three days off of everything. Alcohol, uh, caffeine, yep. sugar, yeah, salt. Sugar, not salt. Okay. <laughs> bread, all bread oh, products. bread, yeah. And uh, dairy. What is the reason for bread? Because uh, the carbohydrates have a lot of sugar in them. Okay. So supposedly, well, so do fucking carrots is what I want to say to them. Because especially if you're not having chocolate, you're going to thoroughly enjoy uh, uh, a carrot. Yes, take a dark okay. a dark promise. Yes. One last tangent to the mood cure. Mood cure also says don't drink, eat wheat. Okay. Because it's a, a, bit, it's a high on the common aller, food allergies. Right. So it can put you in a bad mood. Um, and it mentions uh, we, it mentions with sugar – Sugar is bad, but if you eat the sugar from fruit, that's a, that's okay. That's a good sugar. That's what I thought. And carrot. And good, this guy, this guy doesn't. He doesn't uh, like fruit. Very okay. Much. He doesn't like fruit. Yeah. Uh, no. I'm unmoved by this guy. Quite honestly, I've read I've read some. Of, I've I've skimmed 300 pages of this book in the last day. And I can I'm, tell by the cover that is that 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 and and then there's all these like. There's, there's skewers. I mean, then there's a bunch of recipes and you're like, I don't know, whatever. But I don't have a problem because I, my, my problem with weight loss is entirely that I eat three full meals a day, Joe Zimmerman. Okay. Three full meals. Full meals. You're... Like, like for no reason. Like for breakfast, I might have two eggs, yep. bacon, toast, and some fruit. That's great. That's great. Uh, second meal of the day, lunch, I might have a full sandwich, fries. <laughs> And a, and a, and a soda or a cup of coffee. Okay. Uh, third meal, let's say a piece of chicken or two, uh, some rice and a plate of vegetables. All of those foods, perfectly fine foods. Yeah. Unnecessary to eat 2,000 <laughs> calories per food, but I can because I live in the United States of America. Yeah, it's great. And, uh, so what I would like to do is to get some sense of proportion. And then, and I also, because I am kind of, Kind of out of it. I don't mind taking a break from all of those things. Dairy and, and, and caffeine and sugar and wheat and bread and whatever. It's just 10 days. It's fine. I'm three days in. It'll be fine. Well, this brings segues perfectly into the book I read called Willpower. Oh, okay. Uh, which is a great book based on scientific findings. And scientific it, findings. And First of all, that word. <laughs> Sorry, but sorry what's it called? What's what? It's willpower. Not, it's just it, called willpower. It's different than a self-help book because it's just a book based on research. Okay, it's just sort of a, a PhD thesis study yeah. response. Okay, and what they found was that willpower is a measurable thing that depletes in people, and they can measure it. Oh, weird. So the thing to watch with this ten-day detox diet, is, yep. as you're cutting everything out, yeah, is what you'll see is what you'll feel is your willpower continue. To deplete because you're like, can't do that. I can't do that. Right. I can't. And you'll watch your willpowers. And then all of a sudden, people that are dieting, what will happen is they just give up around a certain day. Yeah. And then once they've given up, they'll just completely go. They'll have like 10 milkshakes. Right, Because right. they're like, well, I, I lost. So I'm just going to have all these milkshakes now. <laughs> and so people, what they I found lost. was, they, what they found was that dieting 
just across the board did not work because people because of willpower right. depleting and then people binging and making right. it worse. And what he what they found in willpower was the only diet that was proven through research to be effective was delayed gratification, which is you have a sandwich for lunch, you eat about a half of it, and then oh. you're like, you know what? I'm gonna eat the second half of the sandwich. <laughs> In 45 minutes yeah. after I do a little of this thing over here. Right. And what they found was usually after 45 minutes, you know, you, you no longer want it. Okay. And, and, and then you can have it for dinner. And the only reason that, and the reason that works is because it doesn't deplete your willpower. Cause in your brain, you're like, I'm still going to get to have all this sandwich. Uh, I like that. It's delayed gratification. Nothing delayed wrong gratification. with that. So you save your willpower. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you save your, save your willpower, people. Get out there. Use it wisely because there isn't a lot of willpower, right? I mean, there's only so much willpower and, and, and and I don't know that it necessarily like people who are addicted to things, you could have all the willpower in the world and say, I'm never going to do heroin again. But if you're addicted to heroin, you're going to do heroin again, unless something else happens, unless, you know, they've adjusted it in some sort of 12 step program or you find God or your, your, your son comes to you at the age of three and says, please, daddy, don't do heroin anymore. (laughs) And you use that as your touchstone to never do heroin again. And then, um, yeah, I haven't had much luck quitting heroin. No, no. It's been got a little trouble. Yeah. Uh, what about, uh, might explain all these problems. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's interesting is, uh, the happiness by some monk. Uh huh. What, uh, what, what, what is that book? That book, I think is a newer book, but the monk's name, I believe, is Matthew Ricard. Okay. And his whole big selling point was that, again, scientists tested him. Yeah. And they decided he was found to be the happiest human in the world, just based on his brain activity. Nice. Um, so it's this international best. And also a little smug about it, don't you yeah. think? Writing a book. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's this international bestseller about this dude who used to, be some genetics dude in the U.S. who moved and became a monk you know, okay. in Tibet, I believe. Okay. And then was just a monk for 20 years. And uh, and now he, he's become popular. People wanted to... Anyway, long story short, the whole book is about wanting less and needing less. Okay. And having less. Yeah. And I'm around chapter four and I'm like, happiness sounds terrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you want some stuff. That book should be called How to Be a Monk. You know what right. I mean? Right. Well, that's it. I mean... It's got a lot of, it's got a lot of that, that, that monk thing to it. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> it, it's interesting. Happiness is inter- It's an interesting read because you're like, oh, I see happiness. It's not something that you can just get. It's right. like, it's all about, it's all about simplifying everything so that you need kind of that. attitude, kind yeah. of that, like that mindset one that you read said, what is about attitude mindset, which is, is mindset's my new favorite. Is it? Yeah. Who wrote that? Do you know offhand? Dweck. Carol Dweck. D-W-E-C-K? Yeah. Carol? I believe Carol Dweck. And Carol Dweck wrote a book called Mindset, and it's about attitude. This is a great, because it really didn't need a book. It just needs one page. Yeah, what does it say? Um, but the whole thing, she basically, the whole thing she found was that, I love this, and it's back to what you were saying earlier about growing and becoming a better person. Yeah. Um, there's They found there's people with two different type, basic types of mindsets. There's growth mindset. And fixed mindset. Oh. And basically, it all goes back to, you know that thing 
what was it, the nineties where parents were told to encourage your children? Yeah. And tell them how, gr- <laughs> tell them how great they are. Yes. Yes. Because um, they were the best kids in the world. Because if, they were, yeah. Cause if yes. kids think they're great, they're going to want to do it more. Yeah. Well, that all backfired. Right. Because <laughs> the entire generation of kids who think they're the most important person in the world. Because of fixed mindset versus growth. The thing with fixed mindset is if you tell a kid, Oh, you're so talented mm-hmm. at math. You're so talented. What they found was they ended up not continuing to try to learn math. Okay. They just were like, I guess I'm great at math. And then, <laughs> what those, else? And then those kids would cheat more on tests oh, because weird. they're like, and they would study less because they didn't want to show that they weren't actually talented. Oh, that's hilarious. And, and, and sad and, and terrifying, but, but, but mostly hilarious. So what they found was the correct <laughs> thing to do was, was, was to encourage kids on the work they were putting in. Like, oh, okay. oh, that's so great. You worked so hard on it. You earned that. So, right. So you so, earned that C. So there's people that think they're talented and they're in a fixed state of talent. Okay. And those people really struggle. Yes. <laughs> and, and to sort of get out of that mindset. And the people who are just constantly focused on growing. Yep. Um, don't take a bad grade or don't take a, a let back, a, a setback. They just see it as a growth process. Okay. And I found if I look at anything I'm doing as just a growth, <laughs> right. it doesn't feel like a failure if you fail at it. You're right. just like, Oh, I'm getting better at this. Oh, right. I've never, well, it's, uh, yeah, I think I'd, I had one writing job one time and I wasn't very good at it. And, uh, somebody said, well, you weren't very good at that. And I said, well, that was the first time I did that. Yeah. Uh, turns out that's probably a learned skill. Yeah. So I don't really care. I don't need to, does he not want to work with me again? That's fine. Yeah. I'll go work with somebody else. But it, yeah. What they've shown is just about everything across the board is a learned skill. Yeah. There's no like. And I you're, mean, and you're only going to get better at it when you put attention on it. Is that? Yeah. Okay. And then, so it's basically a de-emphasis of talent. Right. Uh, well, uh, I, in, uh, Bossy Pants, Tina Fey, her book, she talks about how people always tell children that they're the the most important and the best things. And she's like, why would you tell a kid that? Yeah. He already believes that. <laughs> yes. He already believes he's the most important thing in the world and the, and the, and the best at everything. There's no reason to encourage that because he isn't. He isn't the best at everything. Right, he's, exactly. He's, there's, there's things to be, you gotta get better. Yeah, you see those, those kids that are just, told they're the best and it's like this is not good right this isn't great that is not the best house i've ever seen drawn it's not i mean i think i'm i'm saying you're supposed to say i'm psyched you did that that's great that you that you're working on that yeah that's good you don't want to you don't want to tell them it's a terrible drawing no but you don't want to tell them it's the best thing in the world you want to be i guess you just want to be slightly encouraging and honest right which i think is better than discouraging and and hateful at your children right which i think is what they were trying might have been trying to say in the 90s when people were raising their kids yeah that everybody was so weird so that person that told you that person that told you you weren't good at that job that's an example of fixed mindset right he was like well you're just not good at that Right. It's, it turns out the first time you do something, you're supposed to be really good at inline skating. I don't know why that came to mind, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be, I don't accelerate well. So it's really for the best that I don't inline skate. But uh, the, uh, yeah, that's, that sounds like a fascinating book about just, um, there's two kinds of attitudes. There's a fixed, there's a fixed attitude and a growth attitude. Well, I was, I, I'm really, I've been really feeling pumped about life ever since I've been focused on growth mindset. Yeah. So it's a great attitude shift. But the book itself, it's like you get the, I mean, you pretty much get the point. It's one of those things that could be a 
three-page article. Oh, right. It's right. very simple, the lesson. Right. The lesson is there. It's just reiterating it every chapter. <laughs> Which is good to sort of get reinforcement. Is it is it interesting from a new, different angle each chapter at least? A little bit. A little bit? Because okay. there's like a, another example is the, the glorification of Michael Jordan as this great talent. Yeah. And um, when in reality he was just the guy that always showed up to the gym at 5 a.m., and outworked everybody. Yeah, he outworked everyone, and he had some natural talent, obviously, right? Yeah, but uh, but that but the guy who has the, all that natural talent and doesn't show up at five a.m. is just going to be an okay basketball. Player. Yeah, so, yeah. So there's there there's some sort of there is some sort of thing where Amer- America seems to glorify raw talent. Yeah, and she's sort of making an argument that there's less of that than people realize. <laughs> well, I like her. I like that sort of attitude where yeah. you're like. Mm. Keep keep working, yeah. And that just, yeah. Right when you find, right when you find some sort of point and purpose. So, what about the? the oh, sorry. Oh, you recommend this one? Oh, that one. That one's actually. There's a Michael Pollan book that is just about the history of the four foods okay. that changed the world. It's marijuana, the apple, uh, the oh. tulip, and um, the wow. potato. And the tulip so, counted as a food. The food, the the four plants that uh, changed the world. Sorry okay. about that. Yes, good, good call, good call, good catch. It's uh, no, the, but the Michael Pollan wrote this thing about, um, you know, like the best mind, the best chemical minds, chemists that are working in the field today, are not working on a cure for cancer or anything. They're working on the best pot oh. that could possibly, and they are the the brightest minds. And that's true. That is true. Is that because it's the most profitable thing? It is the most profitable, or because people love pot. Well, people love pot, hence making it the most profitable. Right. I, I'm sure chocolate could have come up at some point too. But the uh, well, the, you know, it all come full circle if marijuana cures cancer. Oh my gosh, how great would that be? <laughs> but his, but all of Michael Pollan's books are all of these things about how you should eat, uh, like regular food, right? Uh-huh. If, like and and this book is just literally. I think I read it in the tub and dropped it in. Yeah, I love a, I love a book that's got a little water. Got some water, water damage, but it's just it's one of those like weird bathroom books that has like one sentence per page. Where yeah. you're Like note to self: don't be an ass. Is it a lot? Of, is it a lot? I of, should write a self help book. Note to self: don't be an ass. That's a, that sounds like a great self help title. Yeah. And then, and then every, it could be this size, this small pocket size. And Mm -hmm. then like you'd open it up and it's like, Hey, call your mother. Uh, next, next page. Uh, Hey, uh, put when, when you leave a table, make sure it's slightly tidy, you know, and you know, pick up after yourself or something, you know, just sort of be part of the, part of the social contract in the rest of the country, in the world, right? Just try to be part of the solution. I think as long as you get a catchy title. Oh yeah, it'll sell. It'll you, sell. You gotta have a and title. And not this picture. Not uh, not some weird picture of a of Dr. Hyman. I think the key is a title that is something people want. Okay. Like four hour work week. Oh right, or ten day detox, which is crazy. Yeah, because th- it's like I can do ten days. Ten days, that's finite. That's easy. You gotta love finite. Yeah. And then earn what you deserve is one Bamford gave me. Oh wow. Which is a fascinating book. Guess get this. Oh, I love. She, it. she I, might not have given it to me. I might have stolen that book from her. That's she might great. have lent it to me. I, I love that she's a money person. I would have never pegged her for that. Yeah, she's all self-help all the time. <laughs> I bet you she would love this mindset mood cure because she has super bad mood problems, obviously, right, and anxiety. I know I'm almost certain she's done this anxiety workbook. How hilarious is that? But uh, yeah, and then uh, and then a new pair of glasses 
is a, is a book about alcoholism. Oh. And, uh, and it's, it's essentially this guy who's like, when you stop drinking, you also have to stop being an asshole. And I didn't get that initially is what his message is. And okay. it's how he, he got that. Okay. Well, I, I'm interested in that. I'm confused about alcoholism. Yeah. Because. Because you did mention that. You were like, alcohol makes you live longer is a recent study. Cause I read, yeah, because in the mood cure, alcohol is a depressant. Right. And you cut back like you cut back coffee and, uh, it just makes you feel better to drink less alcohol. Mm-hmm. But then there's also this, these studies out that are showing consistently time again, time and time again, that people who drink, uh, one to two drinks. Right. A night are living 10 years longer. Right. Because essentially, they don't know this for sure, but it, it's definitely re- reducing the risk of heart disease. Right. There was the red wine thing in France, right? And that turned out to, they, they said, they thought it was red wine. It turns out to just be alcohol across the board. Across, if you have one or two drinks a day. For, they, for do, they do, for guys, they said it was two to four, women one to two. Okay. Um, and, and that it, it helped you live longer because it lowered heart disease, but they don't know why. Yeah. They don't know why it makes people were living longer, if it was cause or effect. Right. Being social. Well, they don't Nature, know the reasons. Nurture. So I'm, so I'm kind of confused about alcohol right now because I'm reading one book that says alcohol is a depressant. It makes right. you depressed. Mood. And I'm, and, a, and I'm, an, and another, and then there's a study out that says it makes you live 10 years longer. Right. I think that it's all about moderation, right? Right. If you because hit, hit that you, moderate level. Right. I mean, uh, I used to drink myself mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, I never had, uh, one to two drinks a night. You were not the moderate person. No, no. I was not even the two to four drinks a night. Okay. I was six to 12 drinks an evening. Like, uh, like beers? Uh, shots and beers. The last <laughs> time I drank, uh, was the last time I got a DUI. Okay. My second DUI. I would not, again, I would have not pegged you with a drinking person. Well, you never know. You never know what's <laughs> happening. Comedy, you know, comedy opens up a whole new world. Romance novels and, and drinking. drinking. Who knew it? They went together. They never did go together. And, uh, so, but, uh, I was at the improv okay. and I had, I believe it was six shots of Rumplemints. Okay. Wow. And, or was it eight? Uh, uh, what age group were you at this point? I was, uh, in my mid thirties. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it was, um, I was, uh, yeah, I had like six or eight shots of rumblements mm-hmm. and I had about six or eight beers. Wow. Cause I would do a shot in a beer. Yeah. And, uh, and you're, then, a fun, you're a fun person. I'm a very fun person. I was, I used to think I was the funnest drunk in the world. And for, I would say 80% of the time I was mm-hmm. my friend, but then I like to get into a vehicle and drive yeah. <laughs> over the hill. And, uh, and so I, I had to take this DUI class one time and they asked how often you drove drunk and I figured it out. And it was cause I did stand up at least four nights a week Sure. and at comedy clubs, the drinks are often free. So Four nights a week, 52 weeks a year. And so I did the math and the guy came over and he looked at me and said, you actually can't write that. And I, and I was like, what do you mean I can't write that? He said, he said, they're going to, they're, they're not going to take that. That will not be acceptable. It, you have to do, that, that can't be true. You had the wrong answer. Yeah, I had the wrong answer of yeah. how much I was drinking. So it was a good idea to stop drinking for yeah. me. Right. And so, um, the, uh, but I do, I do think that, that it's, it's a, I think it's a relaxant alcohol. I think it's, and it's certainly like if you can, if you could do one or two drinks a night, uh, it's like coffee, you know, yeah. where you're like, I actually like it and I like the, a moderate buzz. Yeah. But, um, 
I say that I have never stopped at a moderate buzz. Yeah. But other so, people who stop at a moderate buzz, I'm sure thoroughly enjoy that. Well, I want you to live long, and there is still a way, Jackie. Is there? There what is, is still a way because I read the study on the three communities that live the longest. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Basically. You don't have to drink alcohol. The three communities that live the longest, only one of them in Italy drinks wine. Okay. The other two were sober. Okay. And the 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 common factor with the three communities that live into their hundreds um, right. were that they – basically they ate less meat, again, l- reducing the risk of heart disease. Okay. So – Like red meat or all meat? Just, like do they eat fish? They would eat meat occasionally, but okay. it was more of a plant-based diet and more legumes. Okay, legumes. Legumes. All three. Yeah, beans. Uh, all three of these societies across different parts of the globe. Uh, Can I tell you that Andy meat. Ashcraft will only eat 239 beans? <laughs> because if he eats one more, he gets 240. That is a fart joke from Andy Ashcraft, my beloved, who, that's what, that's what I live, that's what, that's how I live, that's how I live every day. Oh, that's, that's gold. <laughs> it's comedy, that's comedy gold. gold. It is unfortunate that he is not the father of a hopeful family, so that he, <laughs> so that he can tell those children those jokes, but we do have nieces and nephews. Anyway, so, well, the, I, so I just, the less meat. Yeah, I just wanted, I just wanted you to know that the, the whole alcohol, it doesn't have to be booze. It doesn't have to be alcohol. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the the alcohol thing. If people, if you're eating a lot of red meat, alcohol yeah. helps that. Oh, okay, it's a, sort of a, a plays but, off it. But you can cut out the red meat and be fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. There are three. So you you read a, another. So you read studies. Yeah, there's a study. The three the three communities are ones in Japan, ones in Italy, and ones uh, in um, California. It's a. Okay. It's like an. What's the religion? Like commune. Adventist. Or a... Oh, the Seventh Day Adventists. They were the Seventh Day Adventists. Those living, guys are vegetarians, they, and they go to go, go to church on Saturday. Okay, I did. I don't know a lot about them, but but <laughs> it's this community in California. They're living forever, and it has. And but the commonalities of the three are the the less the mostly vegetarian. Yeah. Um, legumes. Very so. They uh, have good relationships with friends. Okay. Close. Nice community. Close knit family. Yeah. And then um, moving around. Constantly, not not like hard exercise. Oh, but just a lot of moving around okay, through, yeah, throughout yeah. the day. Okay, so they don't they're, they're not a sedentary lifestyle. Right. They're in Italy. They're washing, no doubt, their clothing by hand. I don't know <laughs> yes. why I picture <laughs> a Sophia Loren movie from 1937. It's black and white there. <laughs> and it's yeah. in black and white. So, um, so email and cell phones are addictive and cause anxiety. You read that article. I did. Yeah. Articles are very powerful, according to Brett Bamford. Yeah, I'm. I'm cutting back on. Well, I try to cut back on checking my cell phone because if you notice, the more you check your phone and email throughout the day, you'll. I'll get more and more anxiety by the end of the day. Okay. Oh, and interesting. Anytime you get an email, it releases. Um, again, like coffee, it releases dopamine in your brain. Yeah. A little reward center. Yeah. And uh, over time, that lowers your your dopamine. Oh, you weird. Need, you need more and more emails to keep that high. Well, I have actually discovered that uh, when I have my iPad on the road, so it's right on the nightstand. So when I come home, I put my iPad on the nightstand. So I'm constantly looking at the damn iPad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I got to get the iPad out of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I did it for one day and then right back in the, right back, <laughs> right back in the, on the nightstand. Uh, that's, that is a fascinating. And Google is changing how our brains work. What's that? Yeah. Um, Google. Basically, people keep wondering if Google's making us dumb, and some studies have found oh, that. Oh, because it, you can Google everything? Yeah. Okay. But and what's interesting is 
what they found is Google's not making people dumber, but it is making people's brains work differently. Okay. For instance, instead of remembering information, yeah, we now remember where that information is filed. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. So, like, if you're like, Joe, what's the capital of Maine? I used to know that. Yeah. I used my brain used to just think of Augusta. I think. Yes. My brain just used to go to Augusta. Yes. And now my brain goes to. Wikipedia. Oh, right. You just Wikipedia. I'm going to need and, a second source, by the way. And then you know. And <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And so it's changing. So we think of YouTube and we think of Google now and we think of um, a Word document where we stored something. Yeah. Instead of the actual. But it's not making us dumber. We're just outsourcing we're, the information more. Okay. So because we know that. And then. And we're no longer calling a friend expert. We used to call friend experts. Oh, I know. You know what? I, I was, I did a joke for a minute, uh, about how I, because of the internet, I don't have to call my mom anymore <laughs> to find out what, how many tablespoons are in a cup. Uh, I can just look it up. Now I just have to call her. Yeah. Yeah. To, exactly. and, I, and I don't have anything to ask. I can just go, <laughs> so how's it going? <laughs> and so then we have real conversations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just make her feel good though. And occasionally throw one of those Google questions at her. You do. I, I, I did like to, uh, I did like to call and, and ask her just weird, like, so how am I supposed to get that stain out again? And she's like, Oh, I remember. What's going to be funny is if your mom goes, just Google it. <laughs> right. That'd be, the, that'd, that would be the correct response. Hilarious. Uh, but there is one funny thing about the Google, whether yeah. it's making people dumber. What they did found, find is that people taking tests. Yeah. With that were allowed to use their phone whenever they wanted. Yep. They finished the test and then they had a separate group of people take tests without their phone. Yeah. And they obviously scored worse. Yep. But what they found was people who use their phones are overly, are like overly, are falsely confident about how smart they are. Yeah. They just sort of associate their smartness with their phone. Yeah. So we're kind of getting <laughs> cocky about how much we know. Right. As soon you as you take that away, you're like, oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, actually not that bright. I don't know that many answers. Fair enough. <laughs> now, do you want, now we're at, we're close to an hour here. Do you want to touch on either of these last two, that sleep study or the war of art? Oh, sleep study has been huge for me. Huge for you. Because I keep feeling better and better and better. And I went to my doctor in Asheville and he was like, that's great. You're doing all these things. How's your sleep? And I said, well, I still... Despite all these good things, I still wake up pretty groggy. Okay. Because he was concerned I wasn't getting good sleep. Okay. Um, and he said, well, how much are you sleeping? I said, I'm getting the recommended amount, eight to nine hours. Yeah. And uh, he was like, okay, well, the new recommended, the new recommended <laughs> amount, what they found, the new optimal amount is seven hours. This is brand new. Brand new. The new optimal amount is seven hours. People, mortality rate meaning they die sooner, mm -hmm. increases ab a above seven hours yeah. and below seven hours. But but basically so sleep... So I might as well stick to my 12. But the crazy thing is sleeping eight hours yeah. is just as unhealthy mortality-wise as sleeping like, my 12? like five hours. Wow. So so, so, I've been trying, so I've been trying to dial in seven... And, uh, are you doing the go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time? No, thing? I just go to bed and then I wake up in seven hours. Okay. From whenever that point is. <laughs> because I, uh, um, I read a book. Oh yeah, I did. Okay. About how you're supposed to, uh, there's supposed to be a pattern. You're supposed to go to bed, try to go to bed at 10. It was an Ayurvedic, 
uh, oh yeah, it was an Ayurvedic uh, health book about <laughs> sure. how, how I have that somewhere about, yeah. about how you, sh- what, what to eat and what to, how yeah. to sleep and how to exercise and stuff. And cause every, every year and a half I start thinking, you know what I'm going to want to do? Really get better. And, uh, and then I just face the fact that this is going to last. My body's going to last as long as it lasts. And then we're just going to keep going. And, uh, but, um, but I like, I like, do I do like trying. I do like the self-help trying. Well, the, the seven hours is great is a quick fix for me because the first two nights you feel a little groggy. Okay. But then your body adjusts to it and you feel more energy throughout the day. So it's been working off for you. Off seven, yeah. All right. Off I think, seven. I think when you sleep too much, your body starts to feel depressed. Okay. Yeah, it's like like it signals to your brain that you're depressed. Okay, I, that's my theory. That's- I don't I I don't mind that theory. It's a good one. Uh, well, Joe Zimmerman, I have to say this has been fascinating. <laughs> the hour's gone. I mean, I know you're like what, and yeah. uh, but we did we covered everything on the list almost. Yeah, but it's at Joe Zimmerman on Twitter. ZimmermanComedy.com for your schedule and stuff to see where, where you're doing stand up and stuff. And um, the this week you're on you're on Conan. So yeah, that's I'm great. Pumped. I'm pumped. And I know you've been trying out for the thing. You don't have to mention it. You don't even have to nod. Uh, last comic standing. So people can watch you do, uh, maybe perhaps on NBC doing some, some of that business. Oh yeah. And then, um, and then people should go see you do stand up because, uh, you're great. And I have only seen like three 10 minute sets. So I'm very excited oh. about, I'd love to see the long set. Ladies and gentlemen, Rangers of the Dork Forest, you've been listening to the Dork Forest. You've chosen wisely. Take care of each other out there. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?